Contented Media presents Dr. Bitcoin, the man who wasn't Satoshi Nakamoto. An original podcast series with Mark Hunter and Arthur Van Pelt. Hello and welcome to a special update edition of Dr. Bitcoin, the man who wasn't Satoshi Nakamoto. My name is Mark Hunter and with me as usual is semi-professional Craig Wright debunker Arthur Van Pelt, ready and waiting to set fire to the brandy atop the BSV Christmas pudding. This short episode is an update to an area of the story we've discussed here and there throughout the series, in particular episode 7, and new evidence has come to light that offers a compelling new insight into its importance. It concerns the Bitcoin public address known as OneFeex, which has a unique history and which Wright has claimed to own since 2013. The OneFeex public address contains almost 80,000 Bitcoin that Wright says he bought from Russian exchange WMIRK, but the rest of the Bitcoin community knows it as the public Bitcoin address that did not receive Bitcoin belonging to Craig Wright, but Bitcoin stolen from the hacked exchange Mt. Gox. Wright used his supposed ownership of this Bitcoin, today worth some $3.75 billion, as a kind of collateral for loans borrowed from Calvin Air in mid-2015 to push his Satoshi claims, first through the proof package, including the signing sessions which we covered in episodes 3 and 4, and subsequently through the series of legal challenges. It has never been established exactly how Wright managed to convince hard-nosed businessmen such as Calvin Eyre and Robert McGregor to hand over tens of millions of dollars to clear Wright's debts and start the Satoshi ball rolling. But Arthur, something emerged recently that illuminated this, didn't it? Uh, yeah, Mark, in, in the aftermath of the Climate versus Rights lawsuit, a rather shocking finding has been uh, done. And I can uh, somewhat proudly say that I played a little role in that uh, chain of events here, as I came across uh, the image of a Bitcoin paper wallet in one of the chat rooms that I'm uh, attending. And it appeared to be a uh, Climate versus Rights uh, exhibit. It was made public uh, a few days earlier, as it was used during the trial in Miami. So I looked it up in the Climate versus Right uh, court docket on the court listener website. I made a screenshot and I threw it on Twitter uh, for all to enjoy with a snarky comment. Uh, I don't remember this paper wallet being stolen during the pineapple hack in 2020. So Crickstale has the private keys, no? Quickly, several Twitter users like WooCoin and Martin Leitner Ankerl, who was involved with the paper wallet designs, started commenting on the Twitter post. And Martin, for example, he stated, I recognized the Giloche pattern on that paper wallet because it was me who implemented it. This looks completely different than the pattern in this photo, so it's fake. That public key was put onto a paper wallet generated for a different address. Well, and then uh, the well-respected uh, Visek Bitcoin research people grabbed all the info added their own findings and released a tweet storm with the suggestion that Craig Wright created the paper wallet forgery and defrauded Kelvin Air with it during his bailout from the Australian tax issues that he had in June 2015. So yeah, indeed, this was um, quite shocking to find. Yeah, let's look at what Wizsec found in more detail. Now, Wright claims that the one Feex was originally purchased in February 2011 and that the coins were delivered in March 2011, which critics say was in fact the Mt. Gox hacker sending the coins to the wallet from the exchange. 
Now, as we mentioned in episode seven, Wright's purchase is backed up by what he claims to be a purchase order typed up by his wife at the time, Lynn, which CoinGeek itself noted contained inaccuracies. Arthur, aside from the Mt. Gox link, there's more evidence that this WMIRK claim is bogus, isn't there? Yeah, there is uh, indeed. I remember that uh, CoinGeek uh, wrote a piece about Craig's claim that he bought these uh, 80,000 from a WMIRK exchange in uh, February 2011. So I went on the internet and within five minutes, literally, I figured out with several public sources that uh, this exchange didn't even provide Bitcoin trading in 2011. And only starting from September the 25th, in 2013, so we're talking about uh, two and a half years uh, later, they started offering uh, Bitcoin trading. An email purportedly from Dave Kleiman to Craig Wright in 2012 referenced four Bitcoin addresses that either he, Wright or the pair of them owned. The four addresses include the one Feeks address and three others that Wizsec says Wright provably does not own, but instead picked from the Bitcoin rich list, chiefly from other big holders on Mt. Gox, something we already knew was a favoured tactic when it came to explaining to the ATO where his Bitcoin holdings came from. Arthur, the next piece of evidence really is the smoking gun here. Um, Can you tell us about that one, please? Yeah, then uh, we have to go back to the paper wallet uh, for this one Feeks address. Craig Wright was asked by Kelvin Eyre in an email dated June the 18th of 2015, help us with the escrow account so we can get this moving. Now, this moving refers to the money that he was willing to put into Craig's bailout, which was roughly around 15 million to pay off the ATO claims and fines, uh, Craig's legal assistance, where he was in debt for some one and a half million, I remember, and to get him uh, back on track in, uh, in London. And Craig replied... We have the amount in a paper wallet. So this refers to the one fixed paper wallet. And again, as Wisek Bitcoin Research explains, this paper wallet is a total forgery. So let there be no misunderstanding about this. I think my favourite bit about the entire Wisek tweet thread, it has to be Martin Leitner Ankel talking about the Giosh pattern because it's so beautifully specific and impossible to debunk. Yeah, exactly. And, and here the, the listener needs to understand that Craig Wright also created a backdated uh, to 2012 email forgery where Dave Kleiman also mentions this one fixed paper wallet. But yeah, that couldn't have been uh, created in 2012 with a design that wasn't even available before June 2014. And that is what uh, Martin explained. So yeah, it's no rocket science to determine that uh, one plus one makes two. The email where Dave mentions a paper wallet is also a forgery. So when do we think Craig created this forged paper wallet? Uh, Combining all these facts, uh, this forgery has been created between June 2014 and June 2015, the moment of the bailout. It was not created yet during the 2012 Dave Kleiman email forgery. Uh, We just discussed it, where Dave talks about several paper wallets, actually, including uh, one for the one fix address. Now, and we know this also because forensic expert Dr. Edmund determined uh, that email forgery was created on March the 2nd, 2014, 10 months after Dave Kleiman died. So we already have now two uh, debunks on that same uh, email. Now, yeah, but on this uh, same date, March 2, 2014, the design also was not uh, available yet. So it is very likely, in my opinion, that Craig Wright created this forgery specifically for the bailout in June 2015. 
and that would clearly indicate that he only intended to defraud Kelvin Air with it. And when Craig created the paper uh, wallet forgery before June 2015, it might even indicate that he tried to defraud even more people. But yeah, again, it appears to me that it has been created for the sole purpose uh, to make the bailout a success. So he's got this forged paper wallet that he says contains 80,000 Bitcoin, which he uses to secure these loans in 2015 and bail out his businesses. What kind of checks could Robert McGregor and Calvin Eyre have done to prove either that it was a fake paper wallet or that the Bitcoin wasn't his? Yeah, that's actually pretty simple. As you probably know, for object reasons, it's not visible on the paper wallet image that is uh, available on the Climate Core docket. A paper wallet does not only contain information about the public address, uh, which is the, the one fixed address, uh, which is visible on the image, but it also contains the private key of that address. Now, again, that is not visible on uh, on the image. That, uh, that would not work, otherwise everybody could <laughs> use it to steal the funds on that address. The only thing that is uh, clearly visible is uh, Craig's driving license to give more authenticity and viability to the image. But yeah, at all times, people involved with uh, that Eastcrow account, uh, and in the emails Stephen Matthews has mentioned, they should have requested that Craig Wright signed the one fixed address with the private key on that paper wallet to make sure that at least he had full control over the address. I'm pretty sure that did not happen. So moving on then, it's February 2020 and Wright has been promising for months that he can force the Bitcoin blockchain to be essentially paused and rewound with a court order, utterly destroying one of its key facets of decentralization. He also knows there's no way he's going to be able to get his hands on that 80,000 Bitcoin, which even Calvin Eyre with his blinkered view of Bitcoin can't fail to see is looking pretty valuable even back then. So my theory is that he simply tries to kill two birds with one stone here. He claims that the coins have been lost in the pineapple hack, which he can then use to try and force them to be returned to him so he can pay Calvin, who has been on his back asking Craig to repay some of the money. And this is despite Wright telling Eyre and McGregor that the private keys to the wallet were in, quote, unhackable storage. What do you think of that theory, Arthur? Yeah, it comes close to uh, to my thoughts uh, also, and I would be curious to know what Craig's uh, next excuse is uh, where the paper wallet ended up, because it makes sense to expect that this paper wallet is still in escrow at a third party that was hired to execute these type of services in the bailout process. A second thought is that Craig, of course, didn't want that paper wallet ending up uh, elsewhere, so he probably hold on to it himself. And I, I also have a theory that perhaps uh, Stephen Matthews is uh, in, in uh, the complot of uh, defrauding uh, Kelvin Air. But again, that is a theory only that I cannot uh, prove. But the OneFix address was also one of the two Bitcoin addresses that were part of the pineapple hack in 2020. And this hack was only about digital files and digital assets being stolen, after which Craig Wright willingly deleted all the evidence of the hack, as he said himself. So a paper wallet being stolen has not even been mentioned. So that paper wallet should be somewhere, I expect. So when it comes to Wright having to prove ownership of the one Feeks coins, does he have anything more than a dodgy purchase order and a clearly forged paper wallet? Yeah, it's even worse. 
what Craig has built over the years, starting late 2013, when he came up uh, with these uh, random uh, Bitcoin rich list addresses that he claimed to own, uh, one feature was only uh, one of them, is a list of uh, several forgeries, uh, fake contracts with one feature, backdated emails with one feature, conflicting story with a well-documented uh, Mt. Gox hack involving one feature, now the paper wallet forgery with one feature on it, a Russian exchange that didn't even do Bitcoin trading in 2011 when Craig claimed that he bought uh, the one feature coins. So yeah, overall, uh, good luck with that, uh, Craig. So this is conclusive proof that Wright has lied to his financial backers about his access to billions of dollars worth of Bitcoin. And yet it seems they're going to sweep it under the rug and just swallow the plethora of stories he comes up with as to why he can't pay them back. What are the odds, do you think, that this ends with Calvin Eyre and Robert McGregor suing Craig Wright? No, I can actually see it uh, happen. But first, of course, Calvin Air needs to understand that he was uh, seriously defrauded here for like 20 million. I mentioned 20 million because I calculate with the Bitcoin price of uh, $250, which was the price around the end of uh, June uh, 2015. As Craig represented, uh, he owned and controlled these funds, but he never did. And yeah, of course, he never will. So the whole bailout was founded on fraudulent information. Not only Craig's claim to be Satoshi is false, but also his financial backing doesn't exist. So the latter alone should be enough reason for Calvin to urgently ask uh, legal advice about what to do next year. Calvin Eyre suing Craig Wright for fraud. I think for many of us that would be the ultimate end to this uh, this sorry saga. Yeah, oh the irony. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that's it for this little update. Arthur, thank you for your time and uh, knowledge once again. Yeah, you're welcome, Mark. See you next time. Yep, speak to you soon. Okay, bye. You've been listening to Dr. Bitcoin, the man who wasn't Satoshi Nakamoto. Written by Mark Hunter, with additional material by Arthur Van Pelt. Editing and production by Mark Hunter. This has been a Contented Media Production.